0: like my Facebook page and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. You can find all those social media accounts on my webpage, com. That's B R I O N, McClanahan.com. Why are you there? Give me an email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, and a free audiobook of the same title read by yours. Truly, you can support the show by going to McClanahan Academy.com. It's always free to enroll. You get a free class when you do enroll, 10 Myths of American History, and you get the best deals on new and forthcoming courses. Plus, you get the best deals on existing courses for Black Friday. So, uh, I've gotten a few emails from people saying they're not getting the current Black Friday deals through email. So, what you need to do is make sure you check your spam folder if you're already registered at McClanahan Academy. Whitelist my email address. Make sure you're getting those emails because every class right now, if you're already a McClanahan Academy subscriber and you're getting the emails, is at least 30% off. So, You're going to be missing out on some money off these courses if you don't get those deals. And if you want those deals, you need to be over there getting those emails. So you'll be getting more emails in the next few days on these. These specials will run just for a few more days because we've got Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I will run the deals for that. But after that, uh, those things are going to vanish. So you're going to want to get on McClanahan Academy, get the best deals on these courses. Again, at least 30% off on... Every class. Some classes are 40% off, some classes are 50% off. So you're going to want to get those deals. You can also support the show by clicking on that support tab at brianmclanahan.com. You can throw a few pennies my way, help keep the lights on, help keep the podcast going. Get your Brian McClanahan book plate, get your, uh, order one of my books. I've got Southern Scribblings. Please get that book. It's a great book 60 Essays and Defenses of Southern Tradition. You're going to want that one. All kinds of great stuff out there. It's a great gift. You've also got great gifts if you click on that shop tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Get your Brian McClanahan Show logo and all kinds of cool stuff. So you've got all kinds of ways to get something for that Brian McClanahan Show listener in your life. You can get a McClanahan Academy class. You can get a book. You can get a book plate for the book. You can get uh, your apparel, T-shirts, skins for your electronic devices, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, Great ways to... Show that you like the show. And again, always rate it wherever you get your podcasts. Share it around on social media. Do all you can to get people thinking locally and acting locally. All right. Well, let's talk about the topic. And we're just doing one podcast this week. It's Thanksgiving week. Uh, I had uh, things I had to do the last couple of days. And we've got a couple of days here for Thanksgiving and Black Friday. You will get emails from me. Uh, but you will only get one podcast this week, one episode. And I want to talk about an article that was published in News Buster. This is interesting. And it's something I've talked about before on this particular show and that is the influence or non-influence of a an, an objective an objective medium you see in the 17th 1700s 18th century 1700s even you say the 1600s 17th century when you had a media right 19th century 1800s you didn't have an objective media there wasn't this veil of objectivity that everyone had to agree to abide by where you know, I'm just going to tell you the news, and the news is just objective, and there's no bias whatsoever. We didn't have that in media. In fact, when you go back and you look at newspapers from the 1700s, 1800s in the United States, you'll find that all of them are biased. In fact, they're all published by partisans, and you know that if you read this paper, you're getting the Democrat perspective, or the or the Whig perspective, or the Federalist perspective later the Republican perspective, you know what perspective you're getting because of the paper itself. There was no objective media. What happened is in the 20th century, we had the three big networks. You had radio, you had television. And so because there were only a few networks, it was thought that the media should just tell the news without any bias and people should just go listen to the news. And by news is, this event happened today, interpret it the way you will. But we know that people are not objective. People are not going to just tell you the news if it doesn't agree comport to what they think about reality and what how they view the world. In fact, we've seen this with the disputed election from the Trump campaign and how uh, there are people have stopped at Fox News and Fox News and said, "I'm not reading this. Or you've got major social media outlets, Putting disclaimers on tweets from President Trump or on uh, YouTube or Facebook, you know, they're fact-checking things, quote unquote. So what you have in modern America is still the subjective media under the veil of objectivity, and that presented all kinds of problems for this last election. And I'm gonna, and this article gets to the heart of that because you see, if the news actually was just news, and they just reported things that are happening. They would have reported some of these things in much more detail and not just brush it aside. You see, the news, I think, believes that they're the reason that Hillary Clinton lost in 2016. 2016, you get the email scandal with Hillary Clinton. And the news reported the hearings, James Comey and everything else went along with that, that Hillary Clinton had this massive data breach And that there were some problems with emails. And that particular scandal, while Hillary Clinton was never prosecuted for anything, she should have been, while she wasn't, uh, the public thought this person is incapable of being president. There's going to be some problems here. Uh, At least a number, enough people in certain swing states believe this. And certainly that led to her defeat. So, what did the media do in 2020? They refused to report on stories that would hurt Joe Biden. Or they reported on them so little and they were so negative against the accusations that people just discounted them altogether. Now, this is also important because of our political participatory system. In order for a system like the United States to work, people have to have a certain level of knowledge about issues, the Constitution, what's happening in society. they got to know things. This is why the founding generation did not want democracy. In fact, the Constitution is designed to be anti-democratic. There's only one democratic part of the Constitution, and that is the House of Representatives. Other than that, everything is anti-democratic. Now, we know because of the 17th Amendment, we've changed the nature of the Senate, and direct election of senators has made that side of the legislative branch also Democratic. But the presidential election is not Democratic. In fact, you don't have to record the popular votes at all. You could put on your ballot and pick your state, these are the people you're voting for because these are the names of the electors that you're going to vote for. The states have decided that they're going to give their electoral college votes to whoever wins the popular election next state, but they don't have to do it that way. They don't have to do it that way at all. You could just say you're going to vote for these electors, and these electors can vote for whoever they would like to vote for. This gets into the rogue elector situation. We had some discussion about that in 2016. Would rogue electors vote for Hillary Clinton over Donald Trump or vote against Hillary Clinton for Donald Trump? I mean, how was that going to work? The Supreme Court has come in and said because the states regulate this, they can actually fine people for not voting the right way. But regardless... We've got a political system that is anti-democratic, and it was by design because of low-information voters. You see, democracy tends to be a situation where you lose liberty more than you gain it. That is well known. The more democracy you have, the less liberty you're going to have, particularly in a situation with individual liberty. Now, what you will get at times is community liberty, meaning that you're going to get more restrictions more regulations because there is this Yankee belief in the freedom from rather than the freedom to. And so I've already talked about that again on this particular podcast as well. But you've got all these things working in concert. So when you have a media situation where people are not getting the stories, you have a lot of uninformed voters, and when massive numbers of people, I mean, if you were to believe that all these people voted legally in this last election, it's the highest level of participation in modern history for the United States. 150 million people voting. There are just a shade over 300 and I think it's about 320 million people in the United States. So that's saying that uh, you had close to 100% participation in some areas In some cases, we know it was over 100% participation, which is where the irregularities come into play. But you have 100% participation. Well, that means you've got a lot of people out there voting, and they better know what they're doing. This is one of the things that people talk about, down-ballot voting, where people would just vote for Trump or just vote for Biden. In a lot of cases, the down-ballot voting... Um, when you look at it, the people that didn't vote down-ballot, almost all of them have voted for Biden. This is where you get into ballot harvesting and other things where it could be a legal vote, but you had people, hey, look, just sign this up here. And uh, we know that it's it's allegedly now, but people do get money and things to vote, and they'll just put Joe Biden on there or Donald Trump. We know that very, there are very few non-down-ballot non-down, voters for Trump, a lot though for Joe Biden, which is a which is uh, I mean a red flag, right? I mean, how are these? How is this happening? There's a lot of irregularities in this election, though probably not enough to uh, to uh, actually swing the election in a in a court. But I've already talked about on this podcast, out and even CNN points out what I've talked about in this podcast, where the states could do things differently if they wanted to. Now we know there's oh, the laws would I mean, a national review has come out. National Review is national reviewing. National Review. Well, the laws. These people will be breaking the law in their state if they didn't certify these electors by the blah, 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 for the for the votes of so the person won the state. Well, if the votes are fraudulent, if you really do believe this, then why would you send those electors? This question was, was brought up in the 18th century in in Georgia when you had the Yazoo Land Scandal. We know that the whole deal was corrupt, so a new legislators put in and they revoked the whole thing. But, of course, the Supreme Court comes in and says you can't do that, so what, is, what, is, what happens with that? Well, you get the 11th Amendment, so the states can't be sued, state sovereign immunity. So that whole situation is interesting in and of itself. We know that corruption, if there is corruption, the legislatures should act and not go along with the corruption. If there was fraud in, in some way or another, if there was corruption, that needs to be stamped out. We know mail in voting lends to corruption because you don't have to, I mean, you don't have to show an ID. You don't have to do anything. You just vote. Why don't we just vote on Twitter? Why don't we just vote on Facebook? Just vote. Vote early and often. We know there's been tremendous amount of corruption in American history and American politics. And I think this election shows that there's corruption. Is it fraud? No. Is it corruption? Probably, yes. But that said, I want to read this article because it gets into how, if people actually had information, They would have voted differently. So this is by Rich Noise. The left-wing news media didn't just poison the information environment with their incessantly negative coverage of President Trump going into the 2020 election. They also refused to give airtime to important arguments of the Republican campaign, both pro-Trump and anti-Biden, which meant millions of voters cast their ballots knowing only what the media permitted them to know about the candidates. Now, this is interesting because, again, it's big tech. It's censoring Opposite viewpoints. We know the media is not reporting on things. The mainstream media, the establishment media, they're not reporting on things. So what does that mean? There's a lack of information. It's state-controlled. Even though it's not, quote-unquote, state-controlled, it is state-controlled, because essentially the Democrat Party wants the state to win. The big central government. They want it to win. So you have a situation where you've got uninformed voters casting votes, right? This is this is dangerous for a participatory system. And if this continues, I mean, the last, look, in 1798, one of the arguments against the alien and sedition laws, the sedition law in particular, was that it, silenced a free press. It made it to where you couldn't publish anything saying anything negative about the president of the United States or the Congress. The idea was to steal the election. Because if you can't publish negative coverage, and you only publish positive coverage, well, that's dangerous. But in this case, we can't publish any positive coverage, only negative coverage. When, when the tough questions Biden's being asked today are, hey, where'd you buy your dog socks? We've got real problems in the American media. In fact, I would say this. Journalism majors are usually some of the most idiotic people in in universities. They're usually not too bright. So if anybody's seen the montage, too, of the talking points that were published about American democracy, where all the major news networks had this statement. Where did that statement come from? Who published a statement that they all read verbatim, all the talking heads, all the dimwits who were on TV reading this thing, who published that statement? And there's a a montage of it. Where did that come from, of them saying the same thing? Interesting. So the piece continues. To measure the true effect of the media censorship on the election, the Media Research Center asked the polling company to survey 1,750 Biden voters in seven swing states, six of which all but North Carolina were called for Biden. We tested these voters' knowledge of eight news stories, All important topics that our ongoing analysis had shown the liberal news media had failed to cover properly. We found that a huge majority, 82% of Biden voters, were unaware of at least one of these key items, with 5% saying they were unaware of all eight of the issues we tested. So, this is Biden voters. Just people that voted for Biden. It's not Trump voters, just Biden voters. This lack of information proved crucial. One of every six Biden voters we surveyed, 17 percent, said they would have abandoned the Democratic candidate had they known the facts about one or more of these news stories. A shift of this magnitude would have changed the outcome in all six of the swing states won by Joe Biden, and Donald Trump would have comfortably won a second term as president. Here's what we found. So think about that. One out of six, 17% of the people would have said, yeah, I wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden or may not have voted for Trump. They might have sat out the election. They might have voted third party, but they wouldn't have voted for Biden. That would have meant Donald Trump wins every single one of these states. Every single one. So the media in these swing areas is playing a role in not reporting news or basically that's what they're they're not reporting things. And I'm going to key in on a couple of of important ones. Burying Biden's bad news. Now, remember, when Hillary Clinton's email scandal broke, the media covered it, and it was thought that swung the vote against Hillary Clinton in some swing states, and she lost because of that. The media's censorship of Biden's scandals had the strongest impact on this year's election. According to one survey, more than one-third of Biden voters, 35%, were unaware of the serious allegations brought against the Democratic nominee by Tara Reid, who said that Biden assaulted her in the 1990s. If they had known about Reed's uh, assault allegations, 8.9% told us they would have changed their vote, either switching to Trump or a third-party candidate, not voting for any presidential candidate, or not voting at all. By itself, this would have flipped all six of the swing states won by Biden, giving the president a win with 311 Electoral College votes. Even more voters, 45.1%, said they were unaware of the financial scandal enveloping Biden and his son, Hunter, a story infamously censored by Twitter and Facebook, as well as ignored by the liberal media. According to our poll, full awareness of the Hunter-Biden scandal would have led to 9.4% of Biden voters to abandon the Democratic candidate, flipping all six of the swing states he won to Trump, giving the president 300 Electoral College votes. So think about that. Two scandals, both of which were big because on the one case, remember when Trump was accused of assault? That was all over the place. This is what led to the march with the women with the pink hats and all this stuff. Biden gets accused of the exact same thing. Don't believe it. Didn't happen. We can't believe this woman. Kavanaugh supposedly does something that has no evidence whatsoever, and yet we have a whole Senate confirmation hearing on this. Saturday Night Live makes fun of it all. And yet, this accusation, we can't believe that woman, That we can't believe that that actually happened. That didn't happen. You see, this is the left's hypocrisy. That should have been, front, if, if the left was being honest about who they are, that would have been front-page news, and Joe Biden would have been buried. But they weren't going to let that happen because they had no alternative. Nothing. Biden is an awful candidate. He always has been. It's why he's never sniffed the executive mansion until now because, well, it was thought that Biden was the only guy that could appeal to enough Trump voters to win the election. That was it. He was the only guy that could do it because everyone hates the left. Here And here is my an example of that. The ticket's left-wing ideology was another issue barely mentioned by the national press. We know that it was on 60 Minutes, but that story was quickly done away with. A GovTrack analysis found Biden's running mate, California Senator uh, Kamala Harris, had the most left-wing record of any senator in 2019, even more than self-described socialist Bernie Sanders. Our poll found that 25.3% of Biden voters said they didn't know about Senator Harris's left-wing ideology. If voters had the complete story, it would have led to a 4.1% of these people to change their vote, flipping Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin to Trump. The result? would have been a Trump victory of 295 electoral college votes. So three big stories, not reported or barely reported and swept under the rug. The Hunter Biden story, again, famously censored by Twitter and Facebook. Why? Because so many people, Biden supporters in particular, get their news and they couldn't let them see that. They couldn't let them have that. This is an indictment of the modern media. And how important it was how they really did. And they congratulated themselves. We finally did something. We swung the election for Joe Biden. Pat ourselves on the back. So we can ask questions about his dog socks. But the one that really is sad to me. Is when they get into the positive parts of the Trump campaign. Or the Trump administration I should say. And that things that were not reported. And I mentioned this with uh, in this podcast when I was talking about the debates, foreign policy wasn't even brought up. You see, what you're seeing in the Biden administration now, you're getting all the old foreign policy war hawks back in there, all the old idiots who want globalization and everything else. I just saw a piece, a domestic, I'm sorry, terrorism across the world is down in the last four years. Why? Because of Donald Trump. Because we've taken out, Trump has, of course, been more active in Syria than he needed to be. He's done some things in, in foreign policy that aren't that aren't great, but he's taken an, a position of, you know what, America first means we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start brokering deals in the Middle East. We're gonna start trying to to calm down the Middle East. And what has that done? Well, it's created more peace than we've had at any point in American history. And of course, he's also going after some of the biggest terrorist names in the Middle East too, to try to knock that out as well. I mean, so we've got a double uh, barreled assault on. International terrorism. We saw there were some attacks here recently in Europe, which are horrible. But at a a five-year low, well, what does that coincide with? It coincides with Obama out of office and Trump in office. I can guarantee you that if Biden, if all these legal cases get thrown out and everything else, which I think is going to happen, and Biden does become president, uh, you're going to see more attacks. It's going to happen. So the one thing... We saw the same effect when it came to foreign policy. The president and his team made history by brokering peace agreements with Israel and several of her Arab neighbors. One reason Trump received three nominations for the Nobel Peace Prize. You can't give him that, though, because Barack Obama got a Nobel Peace Prize for nothing. For nothing, because he's he's a left-winger. Trump won't win it, but he should. Yet 43.5% of Biden voters had no idea about these historic agreements. The information would have led 5% of overall Biden voters to change their vote, putting Trump in front in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, for a total of 295 electoral votes. Energy independence was another Trump success. It's another thing we're going to see go away in a Biden administration. He wants to ban fracking. He wants to get rid of all of that. The president took action to start long-stalled pipeline prospects and expanded drilling offshore and in the Arctic, and it paid off with America becoming a net exporter of oil for the first time in September 2019, right? We, we have more oil than we can use now, which is why gas is sitting under $2 a gallon for most people, which is why prices, I mean, we, we've got inflation, but we haven't had runaway inflation because energy prices are low. So this is something the Trump, we're going to see, that you want to you talk about what was coming with Biden? We're going to see $3 a gallon gas again. Easy, $3 a gallon gas. I'm wondering how long it takes the United Americans to put this together. Hey, wait a second here. When Trump was in office, we had less terrorist attacks and better gas prices. Uh, But when Biden's in office, we have more terrorist attacks and wars and higher gas prices. How long is it going to take for the voters to put that together? I don't think they're going to because it'll be spun some other way because of the media. More than half of Biden voters said they did not know about this important accomplishment either. If the information was known by all, 5.8% of Biden's voters said they would have changed the way they voted. This would have changed the outcome in Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, putting Trump in front with 295 electoral college votes. One important issue that did get a lot of coverage in 2020, the coronavirus pandemic, but what made the news every night was criticism of President Trump and his administration. Lost in the blistering barrage of bad news were successes such as Operation Warp Speed, which even before the election was well on track to deliver was over, I was on track to deliver 300 million doses of a safe vaccine as soon as next year. Our poll found that 36.1% of Biden voters said they did not know about the administration's key role in promoting vaccine research through Operation Warp Speed. If they had, 5.3% told us they would have abandoned Biden, put, flipping Arizona, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, giving the president 295 electoral college votes. This is one thing I did point out. What Biden was proposing to do as president is exact same. Trump did say it. You're, you're saying we're, you're going to do exactly what we've done the whole time. There's nothing a Biden administration is going to do any different or can do any different than Trump has already done with the coronavirus. It all comes down to the governors. But yet, you know, Cuomo. Well, I mean, he's going to get some kind of stupid media award for killing people in nursing homes. So the conclusion is putting it all together. Looking at all eight of these issues together, our poll found that a total of 17% of Biden's voters told us they would have changed their vote if they had been aware of one or more of these important stories. This would have moved every one of the swing states into Trump's column, some by a huge margin. The president would have trounced Biden in Electoral College 311 to 227. In Pennsylvania, 15% of Biden voters said they would have defected. Using the reported vote totals as of noon on November 19, this would have reduced his total by 518,000 votes, flipping the state to Trump. In Michigan, the percentage would have been 14%, deducting 392,000 votes from Biden. In Georgia, 15% of Biden's voters said they would have uh, defected based on the full information, taking out 370,000 votes. In Arizona, 21% said they would have changed, deducting 351,000 votes from Biden's column. In Wisconsin, Biden would have lost 13% of his votes, taking away 211,000 votes. In Nevada, the percentage of those who would have left Biden was 18%, or 126,000 votes. Such a shift would have put both those states in Trump's column too. In the final state, we polled North Carolina. Twenty-one percent of Biden voters said they would have changed their minds, deducting five hundred sixty thousand votes from his total and significantly bolstering Trump's margin of victory in that state. So, you're looking at um, a situation where Trump would have gotten, you know, a much larger number, or at least Biden would have only gotten, say, three million to. Uh, Instead of 3,454,000 uh, 3, in, in uh, Pennsylvania, you've only gotten 3 million votes. He's, they, they do say it's important to note these people all wouldn't have voted for Trump. Just by choosing to abandon Biden, these voters would have handed all six of these states in a second term to the president. If the news media had properly informed them about the two candidates. The most basic principle of our electoral system is that our leaders are leisure chosen by the people themselves. But the people are given systematically one-sided information with crucial facts omitted, and the real power to choose, between, uh, choose has been stolen from them. And this is what the media has gleefully, essentially, patted themselves on the back for doing. I look at Ian Milheiser, who was just a media hack, a left-wing hack. And this is essentially what he was advocating. Don't report on these things because you know what you did? You gave the election to Donald Trump. By reporting on Hillary Clinton, you gave it to Trump. It's a sad commentary on uh, an entity in America that people rely so much on for getting information. And it shows you the the mountain that Trump had to climb. The fact that he did get 73 million votes in an election where the media and everything, the establishment, the media, everything was working against him. The academy shows that the, the base of Trump's popular support is pretty large. I mean, so if you take one of six in these swing states... That's a lot of votes. You're talking about millions of votes going back to Trump. Uh, they didn't tally it up. Let me see if they tallied it here. They didn't tally it up. Um, but in Pennsylvania, if this works, and Trump's margin of victory would have been 400,000 votes, in Michigan, 200,000 votes, and Georgia, 300,000 votes, and Arizona, 300,000 votes, and Wisconsin, 190,000 votes, and in Nevada, 71,000 votes. That's a huge... Margin. This is just you take those away from Biden. You don't give any of them to Trump. That's what you would have had. So information becomes key. And this is why there has to be some other method of getting people information in America. I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, this is this is daunting. It's, it's, um, it's tough to think. How can we change this around? Social media was supposed to be that. But social media now is censoring things as well. This is why if it's going to be a public information platform, there needs to be no censorship on social media. And there should be some way that some legislation to put that together. These are public private entities because of the amount of information that's put on these things. You should not be able to censor it. But here we are. I wanted to report on this because I think it's really interesting to see how this would have worked. If Again, the debates were rigged in a way that would show that it wasn't going to be this way. They talked about race. Charles Trump, what do you think about race? I mean, these are stupid questions, really. What do you think about the Green New Deal? Who cares? Let's talk about the things. You want to know about Green New Deal? Yeah, you want $4 a gallon gas? That's what you want? Vote for Joe Biden. You want terrorism in the United States? Vote for Joe Biden. Look what I've done. Trump wasn't able to do any of that because he's always playing defense because the media put him there. He shouldn't allow that to happen. And it's not to say Trump's perfect because he's not. He's too authoritarian. He violated the Constitution several times over. But the fact is, when you look at some of those things, and one of the other things Trump has said, he's going to veto military uh, funding if they try to change the names of these bases with Confederate uh, individuals. I mean, that's one thing that, of course, the culture war is so important in 2020 as well. So I wanted to put this out there. Uh, and, again, this is the only episode we're going to get this week for the Brian McClanahan Show. I hope you have a very good Thanksgiving uh, and uh, you know, a good good uh, four days off. Hopefully everyone's healthy and safe. And uh, we've got a couple more weeks before. I will be taking – I've got three more weeks after this where I'll do several podcasts, and then I'll be taking off a couple of weeks at the end of the year. So uh, we've got uh, three weeks left in 2020 of the Brian McClanahan Show. And uh, just to let you know, but, again, If you want my deals on on McClanahan Academy, check your spam folder. Check your whitelist my email address. Make sure you're getting those emails because you've got huge discounts in them right now. So uh, take advantage of that and save some money on some really good stuff. All right. See you next week for the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.